Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Steve, as always, brought to us by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. Uh, Steve, as always, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I, as you know, I prefer to do this show after uh, you know a rousing victory. So um, poor timing this week, but um, you know that's that's kind of on me. So we, we've been talking about how you have been jumping in front of the train of criticism that might have come for your team after what is maybe as frustrating and head-scratching loss as you guys have suffered all year. Before we get into the granular of what went wrong last night, you know, you're, you're 20 and 21 through your first 41. If there was ever a time to assign a halftime grade, I guess it would be right now because we're halfway through. What is your first half report on the Golden State Warriors? Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, a C. We're, we we uh, we haven't been good enough, um, but you know, we, we're we're passing the class because we're still in right in the thick of everything uh, playoff wise. Um, but it's not not good enough, obviously. So our guys know that, our staff knows that, and. Uh, we do feel really good about uh, our our path ahead and where we're heading, but we've we've got to do better, and um, that's that's about as clear as I can make it. So you're not prepared yet to start cheating on exams? No, I will not be. Nor will I be purchasing the Cliff Notes. I'm I'm going to read the book. So we're <laughs> we're, we're going to get there. Um, what is the most, to your way of thinking, the most frustrating part of the first half? And you can't say injuries because everybody's got some, and that's just bad luck. Yeah. Is it the fact that you haven't gotten consistent defense? Is I mean, well, you tell me. I mean, what's the thing that makes you grind your teeth the most about the first forty-one games? I think just the stops and starts. You know, we haven't really built momentum uh, consistently. We've had a weird, you know, home road variance uh, that would speak to. You know, a, a lack of uh, um, execution and resilience because that's what you need to win on the road. Um, so I, I think all in all, just you know, we're just not not good enough right now. Um, but you know, having said that, I I do feel very strongly that our team has the ability to to get where we need to go. And I've, I've watched these guys for for years, uh, our core guys. Uh, rise to the occasion. I know what they're made of. And uh, heading into the second half, I think we can see pretty clearly uh, on tape 
you know, some of the things that, that are uh, causing us problems, and we're going to address those. And I believe in our guys. I think we'll, uh, we'll get there. So you have said that it's the games that look easy that are, like, by definition, the trap games waiting for you in this league because other teams come out, and they might be shorthanded, but shorthanded is opportunity for others, and this is a league full of competitive guys looking to take advantage of their opportunities. You said last night you blamed yourself for not having your guys ready to go. Did you mean tactically? Did you mean motivationally? Because you don't seem to look past teams so I'm going to put it more back on the guys in your locker room than you, to be totally honest with you, last night's loss. What can you do to change that? Because I don't think rah, 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 win one for the Gipper speeches really work well in professional sports, certainly not in a locker room as experienced as yours. Yeah, I just feel like there's uh, there's a couple losses like this every year, uh, and every team goes through this, um, you know, where during the 82 you run into a team that's wiped out, and you let your guard down, and and that team comes in, and they they're they've got seven or eight vets who are dying to play, and and uh, guys like Sharich uh, last night, um, you know, Tory Craig, guys who maybe don't get to take on a a, a role most nights, uh, Joshua Kogi, you know, all these guys, they're pros, they've been around for a while, and they've had success, and and I just feel like you know when those nights happen. Um, it's like I kicked myself afterwards for not walking into the locker room and banging on the walls, you know, during our pregame meeting and, you know, and yelling, do you guys understand what's about to happen? You know, and, and, uh, and I think uh, a lot of my colleagues uh, go through the same thing. You just, you know, it's, it's such a long haul and, you, and there's just going to be sort of normal um, human emotion letdown games. And, uh, and that was one of them. And, uh, but but I think on top of that, I, I just think um, my staff and I could have done a better job, um, you know, preparing the team for, you know, for Phoenix and what they do, what how they like to play us, and um, and I just didn't think it was a good night for for any of us, staff or players, and and um, we've got to acknowledge that and address it. Just a suggestion to borrow from an Indiana guy. Should you look to get your team's attention, I recommend picking up the chair you're sitting in and throwing it across the court. <laughs> You'll lead off Sports Center. I can promise you that, Steve. Yeah, that, that would work. I'd, I'd be out of a job, but, you know, it, it might, might work for that night. <laughs> um, I, I want to pursue this a little bit because I'm wondering how you, you know, pound pound the wall and say do you guys get what's going on here to a team of veterans and it makes me think of when you were with the bulls that was a team that was long on years by the by the end of their run and i'm wondering how many times phil jackson resorted to that i think it's different every every team is different um uh, you know our team, my first five years coaching here, you know, we might have had one of those once in a while, but it was um, it was much less likely um, due to matter. I mean, that you know, we, we weren't 500. We we were you know cruising along in first place, and it was easy to withstand a game like that and and, and move forward. Uh, but uh, those same games happened back in the day um, no matter what era you're talking about it, it's uh, like I said it's, it's sort of human nature but it's also the nature of the NBA season 
where you're going through you know this this hall and uh, and guys you know you, you end up with you'll hear the term schedule losses um, you know schedule wins like sometimes things are just lined up for you and and then sometimes things are lined up for a trap and and I think that was in hindsight sort of that you know that perfect scenario last night where you know we're trying to reconfigure our rotation we got a couple guys coming back in who haven't found the rhythm yet and we're going against a team that's severely uh, undermanned um, as a trap and we we fell into it uh, you talk about how you're not where you want to be, and we're talking with Steve Kerr here on 95.7 The Game. What is where you want to be? Can we talk a little bit about that destination? Is it a round of the playoffs? Is it a seed? Is it just your defensive effort? Like, give us the X marks the spot of where you want to be. Yeah, it's the uh, it's what the game looks like, what's the, what the process looks like. Um you know, are we executing offensively? Uh, are we defending with a purpose? Are we rebounding? Are all five guys engaged? Or are we, you know, like last night, letting guys fly fly by us for offensive rebounds over and over? I thought Phoenix's physicality would, was the key to that game. You know, they got into into the ball um, late in the first quarter, took us out of our offense on several possessions, and finished the quarter on like an 8-0 run. And then um, 20 offensive rebounds for the game uh, because they were the more physical team, the more prepared, coached team. And um, and we didn't match that. So what I'm talking about is, you know, having that preparation, having that, that look that you see from our team every year in the playoffs where we, we know what we need to do and we do it. Um, but we got to get there first. We can't, can't wait until the playoffs to turn it on. We, we have to build better habits in a lot of areas in order to be prepared for that moment. Can you do that realistically on a five-game road trip, or is this a much more gradual process and that we might be looking at post-All-Star break before you feel like you've got them in the kind of rhythm you're looking for and described just now? Well, this, this can happen quickly. I mean, you just look at our, our homestand just now, and, and I know we you know, we had injuries and, and all that, but, um, you know, the guys who were, were out there, um, they found a rhythm, and we won five games in a row, and everybody felt great about, you know, where we were. And, um, and then all of a sudden... You know, we lose three games in a row, and um, like, oh my God, what what happened? Where are we? So it, it, it can flip quickly, um, but the key is to to really lay all that stuff bare, and that's what I try to do as a coach: just really be open and honest with the team about what's happening, and watch the film, and talk to guys individually, talk to them collectively, and try to inspire them to to uh, you know to to play a better more complete game and um you do that a couple times on the road that's how you get momentum so is steph curry standing in the way of your cohesion since he's the new guy in the room i'm joking obviously but but you know like he he is back it's good to see him back when when do you worry about just unleashing him and not worrying about him being back but just looking at him as back could that happen as early as friday minute restriction off here we go yeah, I mean, I think you saw it in the fourth quarter. You know, we were 
we played him the whole fourth quarter, um, and he, you could see he finally kind of got through, uh, you know, broke through early fourth quarter, mid fourth quarter. He made a couple threes. It was like, okay, there it is. You know, his, 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 his speed came back, his, his, his pop. You could just see it. Same thing with Wiggs. You know, Wiggs' role on this team is to be a defensive stopper, to put pressure on the ball, to rebound, you know, to make those high-energy plays that we need to support, you know, the, the scoring of of Steph and, and Clay and Jordan. And, and the great thing with Wiggs is that when he does that, uh, he falls into points anyway. You know, the, the playoffs last year, perfect example. You know, 20-plus games in the playoffs, and he was our best defender, and he was, he was a rebounding fool, and, and uh, you know, we we won the whole thing. Like, that was that's what it's got to look like, but um, you could see Wiggs wasn't himself until the fourth quarter. So, so he found it, too, and, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think Steph and, and Wiggs are just now automatically you know, 100%, but... They broke through a barrier last night, and I think that bodes well for the road trip. Uh, how much longer until we see Jonathan Kaminga back part of the team picture? Well, he hasn't practiced yet, so um, you know that that's uh, he's still a little bit away. We're going to need him. He's he's developed into a really good defensive player, and and um, you know a, a, an important plays an important role for us. So uh, we'll see. I don't know how long it's going to be, but we need him back. Wiseman going to be back in the mix anytime soon, maybe on this road trip? Same thing. Hasn't practiced, uh, nor has Jermichael. So all three guys need to get some practice time in before we can count on any of them to to play any games. So it's going to be a little bit. Has Moses Moody completely fallen out of, I don't want to know, is your favor, your rotation? It's been a while since we've seen him in any significant portion of of a game. What's going on with his development and... Might we expect uh, him playing a, a, a part in your success this year at any time? Yeah, of course. I mean, he played a part in our success last year, and uh, he was a rookie then. So uh, I think that's why we're surprised he's not in the, in the mix at all now, because it looked like a great start. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, you know what you have to keep in mind is there's there's only so many guys you can play, and frankly, you know, um, Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome have both played really well and and played positions of need for us given the injuries and that's why those guys have seen more minutes than Moses. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Moses. I think he's got a bright future. Uh, and what I told him was that this is year two of a 15 year journey. So you you can't look at it you know game to game. Can't be this emotional roller coaster. You just have to look at it big picture and and uh, I think Moses will be fine. It's just. Uh, you know, it, it takes it takes time for young players to develop, and this is all part of his, his development. You, you've said in the past that one of the things that you've had going for you as a team is the fact that nobody has really sort of taken command of the conference and run away from everybody else. Are you running out of time to be able to apply that logic? Do you see teams that are poised to start running away from things if you can't? get your stuff together uh or do you think it's going to be the kind of year where you know a team's going to win 56 games and win the conference and you'll be in it throughout yeah i mean it it, it, obviously over the last three games you know we've we've fallen behind um memphis and and denver 
you know, the teams that that have extended themselves a little bit, and you look at half the games, half the season left, and all of a sudden you're de- you know you're seven games back instead of three or four. It's a big difference. So uh, I, I don't I don't pay too close attention to to that. I think what what our team and I are most interested in is the, the process of of getting better and playing well and, and stringing together some some good games. We do that, and we and if we start winning. Then all that stuff um, kind of takes care of itself. And you, you know, the, ideally, you you want to be healthy and playing well going into the playoffs, and you want to avoid the play-in tournament. And and um, you know, those are all things that are uh, well within our grasp. Steve, will the romance of a game in the Alamo Dome wash over you at any point in time on Friday? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to look different. I mean, when, when I played in the Dome with the Spurs, we played in the corner of the Dome, and they, they rolled up some bleachers and a you know huge curtain, and you, you played in you know kind of one pocket of it. This game, as I understand it, is going to be played in the middle of the Dome, and uh, you know it's going to feel like we're out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it's we're we're flying in tomorrow first thing, and then practicing once we get there, which will be good for our guys to uh, you know to get a uh, you know some shooting up, get get used to the sidelines and all that. But I am looking forward to it. Just you know, a, a place that my family and I uh, spent uh, for you know many years in, and and uh, a lot of great memories with my time with the Spurs. So it's always fun going back there. It's going to feel like a Final Four game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it will feel like a Final Four, and uh, some of our guys have experienced, you know, that that type of atmosphere. Draymond, Steph, both in college played it in domes. I, I think uh, Dante, Jordan Poole, you know, played in Final Fours in big, huge domes. So there is some experience with it. Um, let me ask a more pertinent and burning question that may strike you weird. Who are you rooting for on Saturday, Pete Carroll or the local football team? <laughs> I'll tell you what I have—I've uh, really enjoyed uh, watching the Niners this year. I've, I've gotten to know uh, John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan a little bit. I, you know, went down to their facility early in the season, watched them practice, spent, spent some time with them, spent some time with with both of them uh, in the off season in San Diego. So. Uh, you know, being here in town, it's easy to to, uh, to just feel the 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 energy for the Niners and the momentum they've got. And uh, I'm uh, I'm absolutely pulling for for the Niners. And uh, just don't tell Pete that you got a, huh? a <laughs> you got a couple of <laughs> back well, you got a back to back on this this five game road trip. Starts in San Antonio, then it goes to Chicago. You're going to take on Washington as well. Does that include a trip to the White House for you guys this year? Yeah, we're excited about that. Um, we'll we'll be going there. I think the day after our game, um, so next uh, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. So we're excited about that. Um, everybody's got to bring a suit. We haven't had to do that on road trips in a while, but uh, no, that'll be that'll be a, a great treat and uh, our guys are really looking forward to it has steph reached the plateau of fame that officially has presidents more excited to meet him than he is excited to meet presidents probably i think that's a a fair statement (laughs) 
So he's basically going to walk up, say, "Say, Joey, what's happening?" <laughs> Probably something like that. Um, I, w- I want to go back to uh, your visit to the 49ers, um, just briefly. When you go to another team to sort of talk to them about how they do things, what specific questions do you ask? What are you looking for in terms of knowledge from people who basically operate a different sport in a different atmosphere under sort of different external forces? What What is it you wanted to know from the Niners and what is it you generally want to know when you talk to people from other teams and other sports? Yeah, so when I when I visited with Kyle last summer, um, you know, we we uh, we were we didn't play in the same group, but we had we were you know, part of a, a couple of foursomes that went out, and we had a beer afterwards. And we're we were sitting there after the round, and I I said I I just am interested in the details. Like I, I love football. And you watch the quarterback come up to the line, and he's pointing out, you know. 51's the mic and, you know, saying all this terminology and Omaha and, you know, and so I just asked Kyle, like, what, what is, what does all that mean? Like, what's, what's happening? Um, what, what, what is the quarterback talking about? And um, it was fascinating hearing his answer because he, he explained what, you know, quarterbacks are doing in, in general, you know, pointing out the, uh, where the middle linebacker is to help the offensive line. You know, uh, in their blocking scheme, and but then he, he followed it up by saying, you know, I just I, I think some of that is is just overkill, and you know, I like to simplify things for my my teams and my quarterbacks, and like that stuff translates directly uh, to to what we do and what we teach, and I think there are a lot of things that I've learned from uh, football and from soccer that you can implement on the basketball court. Um, and, and that's that's one of them. You know, like we, we might run, you know, five or six basic patterns uh, with the Warriors. Um, how can we simplify that? You know, and one way to simplify it is, is you know, to, to have, uh, you know, different, you can dress it up, you know, you can dress up your stuff with, with different looks, but then you're still running the same, same action. Um, that's a good way to keep it simple for the players because then they know like these are your main five or six actions. The other stuff is just sort of you know you're trying to confuse the defense. It's the same same concept in 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 terms of after timeout plays in basketball. That was a great question, Ray, and that was a great answer, Steve. Thank you very much. That was well, good. Never mind that. Who bought the beer? <laughs> uh, I think Kirk McCaskill. Uh, yeah, former Angel pitcher, you may remember. I think he paid for the beers that day. So that's what, what you do when you go to other teams. You look for a third guy to pick up the tab. Always. Smart. Always, yeah. That's very, very, that's good scouting is what that is. How often, since we're talking about what you learn and what you need to change and like the skullduggery of it all, how often do you have to change up your in-game calls because, you know, the, the other dugout is studying the third base coach? Yeah, you, you know, you um, you don't do a ton of that. Um, every NBA team has a, a, a traveling scout that is uh, looking at that, and they're sitting courtside. We have our own, Scott Vaughn, who sits courtside, you know, at uh, the last Spurs game. He was definitely there, and he was charting all of Pop's calls. And uh, you can, if you want, you can kind of mess around with that a little bit. Um, one way to do it is, you, know, you could uh, 
they run an out-of-bounds play, and instead of naming the out-of-bounds play, let's say you watched uh, a college game in Michigan, you know, uh, ran a great out-of-bounds play. You could call it Michigan, or you could just, you know, say to the team, hey, any, any Big Ten school we name, that's the same play. So you could run the same play and call it Iowa State and try to confuse your your opponent. We've done that before. The problem is you usually confuse your own guys, too, so you got to be a little careful. With oh, that. I mean, Iowa State's in the Big 12, so you just confuse yourself. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, <laughs> thank you for joining us, at as always. Good luck on the road trip. Further health to you and your team going forward. I know you want the second half to be a lot better than the first half, and I'm just happy to learn that when you get together with other coaches, you're not talking about Bay Area media members you want to go about avoiding, so that's that's music to my ears. Thank you very very much as always and and good luck all right thanks guys we'll talk to you next week we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.